In this riveting episode, we'll be joined by special guests who do information security work, taking us into the deep, dark realms of high-level hacking. We'll explore the pyramid of threats, from those bumbling high school hackers who couldn't hack their way out of a paper bag, to the notorious figures backed by nation-states. But hold on to your keyboards, folks, because this conversation takes a turn towards Linux and the intricate world of OSINT. Yes, that's open-source intelligence for those scratching their heads. We'll unravel the mysteries of OSINT, its uses, its implications, and how it can be a double-edged sword in the wrong hands. With a touch of espionage and a sprinkle of humor, we'll leave you on the edge of your ergonomic office chair, craving more. And if that's not enough to make your encryption keys quiver, we'll also touch upon the interconnectedness of the past, with stories of legendary minds crossing paths in unexpected cafes. All right. Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, artificial intelligence, and of course, data engineering, which actually makes the whole thing possible. But there's another field that we're going to talk about today. So it's going to be a little bit different. We kind of did that with the last uh, uh, show or two, uh, kind of expanding our our, our our purview of topics. And um, speaking of purview, purview, I said purview. <laughs> uh, I, hopefully I pronounced it right. But I know, Andy, you've been playing around with uh, Azure Purview. I have, yeah, and uh, it's kind of cool. It's uh, speaking of data engineering. There's a lot there with um, data lineage, and the the secret sauce to it is it does automated scans, and if it can figure out, um, you know, where something new belongs in the diagrams, it'll just put it in there, and that is almost magic from a data engineering perspective. So, there really is a lot of innovation happening in that space, and. Today, yeah. as we're recording this, uh, my wife, uh, we know we mentioned this, does cybersecurity at uh, NIST. And um, my oldest son went with her to take your sons and daughters to work day. And that's cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's really cool. So we have two guys here on the show. It's a, one of the few times we've actually have had two guests at the same time. We have Patrick and Dwayne, who are fellow podcasters for a show called Security This Week. We need applause. Where's Stop. your effect? <laughs> I, don't have it. I don't have it plugged in, the effect. <laughs> um, and uh, they also are the CEO and CTO, respectively, of Pulsar Security. Uh, combined with them, they have 50-plus uh, years of combined experience in cybersecurity and technology. Uh, and they, they provided services for Disney, the military, Bank of America, the NHL, and more. So mm-hmm. welcome to the show, Patrick and Dwayne. Thank you. I just want to clarify, yeah, I have 49 and he has one. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> just kidding. Just you look great for your age, by the way. You do. Yeah. <laughs> right? You started when you were like five? Is that yeah, right. <laughs> so there's actually a funny thing. There's a namespace collision because um, you, Patrick, attended West Point, and thank you mm-hmm. for your service. Thanks, sir. Um, you knew there was another Frank Lavinia that apparently went through West Point. Yes. Uh, which uh, <laughs> I almost, I, and I almost went to West Point, which probably would have confused a, a lot of the uh, professors <laughs> and uh, right. staff. Would like, have been. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Did you just leave here? Like, right. you really we won the eight-year plan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know what I'm thinking? Uh, I'm thinking this is a time travel thing, Frank. I mean, That's it. I think it is. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. know, you parallel universe back. Thing. One of the NCOs <laughs> I served with sent me a picture of a, a Life magazine cover that showed uh, troops in the landing craft at Normandy. And the guy at the center of the picture looked exactly the way I did as a second lieutenant. He's like, I didn't know you were in World War II. Oh, and so I bought wow. a copy of it. It was it's exactly the way I looked when I was when I was twenty-two years old. That's, that's great. Okay, so now both of you are yeah. time right. travel. Maybe right. that's what West Point does. It's time travel. <laughs> yeah. right. Now we gotta delete this. We we gotta, up the secret. We'll do it from the future. It'll be fun. Okay. I have I'll have awesome. the, neur- the neuralizer. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That would fun. only work if we do the video part of this. But right. that's true. I want to repeat the name of the website because I was rambling when Frank uh, mentioned securitythisweek.com. Yeah. And yeah. I, you you picked up a couple of, of new listeners. Just the banner in the virtual green room was enough to uh, say, all right, I gotta make I gotta make some time to listen to this. Oh, <laughs> we appreciate it. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. We're, we're trying to educate just like you guys. It's yeah, yeah. and it's always fun. 
It's always it's fun. one of the, it's it's definitely a a, a uh, it's a growth field I think to put it, put it mildly um, you know I someone was asking me recently because uh, you know a lot of big tech layoffs happening and things like that mm-hmm. someone was asking me lately who someone who's not in data science and I was like look if I had to do it all over again in 2023 well actually it was 2022 when 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 I was asked this I was like I would go with security mm-hmm. I'd probably go with security if you have 50 50 data or security but you can't go wrong with either yes. Um, no. And, you know, there have been recent events in my life, which uh, I keep alerting, al- alluding to a court case. <laughs> uh, but uh, it definitely I, I discovered the wonderful world of OSINT. Mm. Um, uh, only I mean, my wife is really good at OSINT, right? Because that's kind imagine. of her career. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, kind of watching her what she's able to dig out and kind of like, you know, me doing it, too. We've been able to kind of suss out more information and mm-hmm. get get clarity on things and it's it's amazing the, what is available i took a course on plural site on yep. on kind of using kali linux andy and i i now work at red hat so i've kind of went from oh, cool. promoting windows and using windows 100 percent to thanks to windows 11 being driven away from the windows yes. world and yeah into the wonderful <laughs> oh, arms of linux mm-hmm. um and uh you know uh, fascinated by kind of the tooling that's out there and built into something like Kali, yeah, uh, or Kali. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Depends on depends on who you are. Yeah, I, we usually call it Kali, but that's our that's our yeah. bread and butter. We love Kali, right? Yeah, that's oh, an nice. awesome operating system. Yep. So tell us a little bit about because I know I, I I don't think our listeners are necessarily up on the Linux, uh, let alone kind of the 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 hacking world. I'm making that mm. assumption. If I'm wrong, please let me know. <laughs> kindly through email I mean, comments. Yell at well, form. It's 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 not I mean it's a sign in an angry letter form. Uh it's a siloed kind of world we live in technology, yes. right? We're kind of, there's there's a lot of specialization. You know, there's this notion of full stack this, full stick that, but that's I don't I've noticed in security that poison of the notion of full stack has not hitting you guys yet. It's yeah, it's bare it started it. to kind of flirt with the data science world, mm-hmm. but I don't think you can be because just looking at like mm-hmm. What are the disciplines, right? So I think that's one of the things. We mentioned OSINT, which for those that don't know, is open source intelligence. And I don't mean open source like Linux or, or anything like that. What is open source intelligence? Uh, so open source intelligence is, it's from my field, it's awesome. Because um, what open source intelligence is, there are there's information about every human out there. And you can go like Cambridge Analytica or whoever, right? There's tons of data out there about every human being on the planet that you can pull from just publicly available, either databases, websites. Um, some of them say the dark web, but you don't need to go to the dark web. Uh, it's it's all out there. And we have some some crazy OSINT stories. Um, there was there was one company we were trying to break into, Fortune 500. And they said, hey, listen, you know, we'd love you to do a spear phishing campaign. I was going like, to say, and to be clear, to be clear, you were hired to break in, right? Like, sure. It's not like, whatever. You know, yeah. Yeah. So if there's any district attorneys listening, if there's any federal DAs listening, let's let's make that clear. It's publicly what we're saying on the podcast. No, we were were, were actually, we were hired to break into this Fortune 500. Um, And they said, listen, we'd love you to do spear phishing. And and for those of you who may not know, spear phishing is where you target one user. Um, It's either like a CEO, CFO, something along those lines. So you start to gather some really detailed information. and, And we said, listen, it's too easy. We don't want to do that. Let us just focus on the technology. And they're like, no, 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 no. You have to do spear phishing. We said, okay, cool. And we did we did a lot of research on. And we said we're going to take your head of HR. We took the head of HR and we did a lot of research on her. And we and, we, and they said before you send these emails out, can you come talk to us about them? Just show us some so we can approve them. I said sure. We sat down with them and said, listen, we got two campaigns we're super excited about. Super excited about. And they're like, all right, hit us with them. What are they? We said okay. We found out that she just purchased a Dodge Durango. I have the VIN number of it, and I know where she bought it from. Um, we've actually purchased a website that's very close to the same dealership website. We're going to send her an email that there's a recall on her Durango with her VIN number. She needs to click a link, come to a website, start typing in some information. We'll take over her computer, access the systems. They're like, you can't. No, you can't do that. No, that's no, that's that's way too personal. <laughs> So, okay, cool, cool, awesome. We got this second campaign, which I think is a real winner. We're just going to kidnap so like, her kids. Right. Uh. We're like, oh, they're like, okay, so hit us with the second one. Second one's probably great. Um, I said, okay, so we found out what her kids' names are, where she lives. We know what school they go to, the teacher's name for each of the kids, and we found the school nurse name. We've set up a website that's close to the, the school's website, and we can send an email from the nurse with a form that she has to fill out. That's a PDF that's infected with a virus that will take over a computer. 
right? And we'll mention our kids' names in the classes they're in, that sort of stuff. And they're like, what is wrong with you guys? You can't do any of this stuff. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, open source intelligence is crazy right it's now. It's data. The things it's, you can find it's out. It's all it's about data. data. It's, it's the yeah. information you give. So what's the lesson here? The big lesson is that your data is out there. And mm-hmm. even if you don't think it's out there, your data is out there. And you need to use secondary channels of communication to verify things. So if you get get a call from the school, get an email, get a text message, call them up, call up the office. Yeah. If you get a message to call a phone number about your credit card, call the number on the back of your credit card. Try to find a safe, reliable <laughs> channel and use that to verify. I get calls all the time from my staff that says, did you send me an email to do this? And I invite that because it's like you should be using second channel verification. And it's right. incredibly inconvenient. And that's how you know the security is working. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely if it's convenient. Crazy. It's that probably not as point. secure as you'd like. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's an interesting point because people like convenience. So oh, like, oh, yeah. there, 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 there's a tension. <laughs> just you can just feel like you know between convenience. I mean, I have to I have to you know log into you know to my uh, account using two factor authentication, and I, you know, for both my work and my and my personal uh, stuff, mm-hmm. and I know it's annoying. And, but I know why, like it's, right. it's a good, like, and then like Roblox apparently must have some, some really hard, hairy, um, security stories because yeah. the, they, they've really, their captions, their, their two factor authentication. I mean, it's, it's pretty rigorous. And my, my, <laughs> <Yeah>. my, <laughs> yeah. my, my, uh, my eight year old, he's like complaining about it. I'm like, no, this is, there's a good reason for this. Like, yeah. it's not, it's the not, kids. So you gotta, you gotta like, <laughs> yeah, protect the kids, but also kind of train them, you know, early. Oh like, yeah. I'm, uh, I like that. Yeah, it's a great idea. I, I, I was on a panel uh, with a colonel from DISA, and he said he went on vacation and he got bit by a spider on his hand and came back to work, went into the office, uh, started working. And 10 minutes later, armed guard showed up at his desk and we forced him to identify himself and prove his identity because his typing cadence had changed. Yeah. And wow. so wow. We're, we're starting to get to the world of the military is doing things we're not thinking of, and eventually sure. we're going to have to do those things. Right. So Dwayne smiled when you said two-factor authentication, and I want to know why. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I, I get the no. sense it's like the tooth fairy, right? Like you want to believe in it, but it's not as effective as it is, as it's supposed to be. No, actually. So it's it's so interestingly enough, Google and Microsoft both have released uh, independent uh, research that says two-factor auth will mitigate about ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of most common attacks, but not everything, which is fantastic. We love using it because we can find the we look for the gaps in between systems. So there's uh, a couple two-factor authentication providers out there that allow us to verify that you have valid accounts and that sort of stuff without actually. Yeah, there's all sorts of, once you start digging into the APIs of 2FAs, like some of them are easily bypassed, some of them are easily mimicked, some of them allow you to get more information you wouldn't normally get. So um, so just be careful, like there's nothing in security that's the panacea of security, right? Um, it's just, it's the same thing with like data analytics. There's nothing that's like, oh my God, there's just one product and if you buy it, like you know everything and you can see into the future. Like, no, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way, right? All right, I need to ask you about my password vault off the air. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> Uh, let me you tell you have your password one. for it. No matter what you heard in the news, you should have one. But I there's one you might not want to have. Yeah. That's my fear. Starts with a last, ends with a pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we're on the same one. But when someone tells you it. who they are, believe them. And then when they tell you again, believe them again. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's my concern with these these password vaults is that you are putting all your eggs in one basket. And the, you don't there's have two to. arguments. Really? You could oh. use... You could use hints in your password vault instead of the passwords. Oh. It's less convenient, and therefore yeah, it works. Yeah. But that means you still have to use long passwords. So you might have, you know, zip codes and phone numbers and favorite words and favorite songs, and sure. you know what you're going to pull out of them. You'd still have to have that cognitive presence to understand, but you can put hints in them, and then that'll let you get to, you know, where you need to be. You know, a friend of mine would put incorrect information <laughs> in it, yeah, right? That's a great and idea. he would know that's what it is. Same, same principle exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's, that is just intriguing. So quick question, scrambled up symbols, letters and stuff, or passphrases? Yeah. The longer so, the better. Longer the better. Com- okay. Complexity. So, okay. At our office, we break in at companies all the time legally. Right. 
I'm going to keep adding that, Patrick, just for the lawyers. <laughs> um, so, uh, I you know, you well, <laughs> thank you. And so when we find a hash, so a hash is a representation of a, of a password or an account on a particular system. It's not the actual password. We need to crack it. We need to go and yeah. figure out, okay, well, does the word book match to this hash? No. Does the word car match to this hash? Which is hash? a brute no. force technique. Right. We're so not, we brute we're not force able to reverse it, but we can brute force it. Right. Um, and so right. in doing that, we have a crack cluster at the office. So you know the, the 30, 90 video cards that you might have in your computer? We have a crack cluster that has like 40 of them all in one motherboard. Yes. And it, so we can guess 3 billion passwords a second. Wow. So, yeah. So if you take a, a you know, take a, a, a normal hash, we're guessing, let's say it takes us, um, let's say we're only doing lowercase characters. It's 26 characters. Um, and let's say at 10 character password, it takes us a day, right? Well, at 11 characters, it's a day times 26. Now we're at about a month. Oh, at 12 wow. characters, it's a month times 26. Now we're at almost a little over two years for 12 now, characters. Now, if we let's let's do one thing. So we also have a dictionary file with yes. eight billion, eight point four billion passwords that have been found on the internet through over all the, the last breaches. ten years. Over the yeah. last ten years, if your password's in that, we'll get it in three seconds. Right, because we can get. Right, so we also have to seconds. talk about that after. Yes. 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 Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's so interesting. Yeah. And to be clear, and, passwords are better. And to be clear, like you're doing this offline, right? It's not like yes, if somebody's listening, you're not like hitting like the, the login page and like clicking that let a me, billion times, right? You're, let you're, me give you've you stolen the hash. Okay. Yeah. So good yeah. example, because that's a great question, Frank. So let's say you, I'm trying to break into your Wi-Fi. Now, there's a couple of ways to do that. One is to try to break into your Wi-Fi system because you're, you've allowed a remote administration, which you shouldn't do. <laughs> and then I have to guess the password, and I might be able to get that to accept a thousand attempts attempts per minute, maybe, you know, maybe more, but it's, I'm still throttled by having to send it, having to receive it, it processing. And some of those things are going to be slow, but if I can monitor the airwaves, which I can, if I'm local to you and I get the hash through going through the air to someone's phone, which we will get, yeah. Then we can take that home and we can brute force it in the comfort of our own systems. And that's offline hacking. So online attacks are harder to do because you can't get the speed. You can't parallelize them. Them right. can't parallel, can parallelize them as easily. But the, the ones where we can do offline, we can do those much faster and much more powerfully. There are there are oh. cool. There are cool ways, though, to do online ones. OK, really? Well, yeah. Uh, you know how you try. OK. <laughs> Real quick, you know how you try and log into a website, and if you log in with the wrong password five times, it kind of locks you out for a period of time? Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. So what they're doing is they're saying five times from that one IP address. So what if you could have an infinite amount of IP addresses, which uh, is, what, is what Azure and AWS will give you. So you can actually route every password attempt through AWS, for example, and get a new IP address every single time. You can do thousands. But you're still throttled by how fast it can reply, and it probably yeah. can't reply yeah. three billion. Not times as a fast second. as an offline crack. But exactly. Yeah. So, but it can be. But I'm just saying. Won't at some point AWS or Azure kind of like figure out? You would think. You would think. But no. Okay. No. Interesting. So Sorry. it's it's a game of cat and mouse. They're <laughs> right. They're dealing with amazing amounts of traffic. Eventually, maybe yes. there'll be an AI that helps, but then we'll use our AI to fight it, and it'll be. And then right, the robot right. wars. Yeah, and I would yeah, imagine. I would imagine that that Microsoft has bigger fish to fry, and AWS has bigger fish well, to fry. Well, the oh, problem yeah. is, it's, if you if you're not using Amazon, you just use a botnet, right? And then oh. then there's no yep. limitation on that. I got you. Right, and then for the education of our audience, just in case you may have heard it in the news, what exactly is a botnet? <laughs> So, I think I know what it is, but I want to I want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. So when mouth. when when hackers take over systems, they can do various things with them. They can ransomware them. They can steal your personal information and do identity theft and credential theft. But they can also just turn your computer into one of their slaves, and it'll be a zombie in their army. And they get a hundred thousand of these systems. They can do denial of service. They can rent so, them out. Yeah, they could easily nine think Bitcoin. Of it. I think was a thing for yep. a while. Oh yeah, yeah. And on, honestly, what's interesting talking about data trends. Um, you start to see ransomware attacks on systems go up when Bitcoin's value goes down. So if it if it's more if it's more advantageous for you to use those systems to mine that coins, sense. that's what they do. But when gotcha. it's not, then they just switch over to ransomware and they start making more money that way. So they keep you keep an eye on that market, uh, and you'll know. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So they get they 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 make money. The whoever they are, they make money. Uh, <laughs> On the way up and one the way, way or down. another. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to admire their business savvy. Oh, it's impressive. Well, and you can, you, I mean, you shouldn't, but you can rent a <laughs> right. botnet, yes. rent a ransomware framework. So let's talk about one thing. There's different levels of threats. So, so the kid that's walking through the parking lot trying car doors to steal stuff out of a car is not as much of a threat as the professional who knows how to, you know, break into a, a vault. Right. And and there's fewer of that latter than there are of the former. So you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to build up enough defense that the threats that are likely to come your way are going to be thwarted. You can't mm. stop everything. As If Dwayne comes after you, I can confidently say we're getting you because <laughs> that's what we do. And we're, we're not like we're not script kiddies. We're not amateurs. And we have a lot right. of capabilities, a lot of software. Some of the software packages we use cost $60,000 a year. Wow. Hackers sitting in their basement aren't doing that. We're we're a right. different level of organization. But you want to prepare for the highest level you can so that things bounce off you. Wow. You know, and so isn't that it, referred to as advanced persistent threats? Is that yes. yeah, we, we would represent an advanced persistent threat because we can do things and spin up resources that aren't available at the lower levels. The lower levels are like kids in you know high school that are just like trying to make a name for themselves. And then there's the, the, um, we actually have a slide called the pyramid of threats that goes through all this. And nice. the next level would be, um, uh, you know, basically a stalker, technical stalker, somebody who's a little bit of a techie and is mad at you and, and comes after you. That's very personal that, you know, Kim John E. Hoon mm. is probably not your stalker. Um, <laughs> and so probably the next level is the criminal syndicates who are just in it for the money. Um, and they're going to go after the, like the softest target they can find. And if you make it hard for them, they're, they're just going to go away because you're not what they want. Right. And they look for another target. And then yeah. you get up to organizations like ours that work with enterprises and governments and billion dollar entities. And, and then you get to governments themselves, which, um, when we talk about mitigation, we, you know, have levels of what you need to do to stop the script kitties and everything else. And at the top, when we get to nation states, it's prayer. Yeah. There's That's not much you can do there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's fascinating, though, is I remember reading uh, Bruce Schneier wrote a book uh, yes. on cryptography, which is yep. probably still a, a vaunted uh, tome. Yes. Uh, but I remember one of the things was he 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 didn't say exactly what he said, but he, he phrased it differently. Like, you know, if you're talking about cryptography, like there's cryptography mm -hmm. to keep your little sister out of it. And there's cryptography to keep nation mm -hmm. states out of it. And yep, those right. are that's a very wide spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And and I. And, and, even though it's, he wasn't writing about cryptography, it sounds like the same philosophy holds true. There's also a duration space. aspect. So if I'm yeah. firing artillery at you, I need mm -hmm. the coordinates those are going to land at to be secret for about two minutes. <laughs> and then after that, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. Right, 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 right. But if, I, <laughs> if it's nuclear missile silo locations, I need that for decades or, or mineral de you know, depots or things like that. So those, there's a time duration that also factors in. Which actually I think is a good topic of something else I'm fascinated with is quantum computing. Mm. And I know that there's – you're laughing so that I know there's a good story behind I, this. I have a podcast on quantum computing called okay. Entangled Things. And it's oh, the so only topic It's the only cool. topic that shuts Dwayne up. It's the it only is. Topic yeah, I'm going to go do something else now. So that's why I saw the eye roll. And then you were laughing. Okay. So, so the reason why people are kind of – because in the security space and in the government, um, there's this whole thing of – how do we get Shores to law. post? Yeah, Shore's law. Mm -hmm. So Shore's uh, Shore wrote this uh, algorithm that could theoretically break um, uh, our, how we do cryptography now is largely based on uh, it's hard to reverse factor prime numbers. It's the discrete right? log problem, right? Which and, underlies and, RSA, Diffie-Hellman, and elliptical curve. And so oh, elliptical can, curve too. Yes, I thought that was meant to be nope. post. Okay. It, well, Apparently. they thought so. Not so much. Oh, is this the one that was oh, wow. broken? And, and don't worry, listeners, keep keep no, on. That we'll, was we'll unpack this. That was the NIST psych. Um, that that right. it was an implementation break. So let, let me, if I can, just give a quick real no, overview. No, please do. There's a lot yeah. to unpack here, particularly for so, folks that are. I'm not, not an expert, space. but I've got a podcast for the last two years on quantum thing on quantum mm -hmm. uh, computing called Entangled Things, and it's a great way to learn a topic really, really well. Mm -hmm. I took the MIT courses. Uh, Peter Short was one of the professors. And so he came up with a way if that we had a, if we had a suitably advanced quantum computer, we could break RSA 2048 or RSA anything, Diffie-Hellman and elliptical curve. Now, those aren't our primary symmetric 
encryption protocols. Those are our primary asymmetric encryption protocols. So those are the protocols we use to share the key that then does all the encryption because files and large amounts of data can't be encrypted with an asymmetric key. It has to use symmetric. But how do you share that key? Well, that's where the asymmetric mm -hmm. comes in. And so it's the key to the key drawer is really what it is. And so if those all break, then we need replacements. And NIST, which is one of the reasons I'm a big fan, has come out with um, uh, basically they did a bake-off over the last five, six years to figure out which algorithms would not be quantum-based but would be quantum-resistant. And the, the uh, crystal, crystals.org has um, crystals kyber, crystals dilithium, so you gotta get to love the techies. Right. Um, and, um, and so it looks like um, those kinds of, of technologies are in our future as well as when quantum finally arrives. The problem is no one knows when quantum will actually be ready, and that's the sticking point. Is it the end of this decade? Is it three decades? I think it's closer to the end of this decade, but we don't know because we're in the middle of the infancy of quantum, but it does – the computers do exist now. But the point, the point you're thinking about time, right? So if you need something to be secure for decades, mm -hmm. right, um, now is the time to – at least try with post-quantum cryptography because, you know, and, and supposedly there's stories that there are bad actors mm -hmm. out there uh, that storing are stuff. storing data for, later. for, yeah, for later. Yeah, that's what's motivating. That's honestly, that's where a lot of the money is coming from for quantum uh, computing is because of this threat. Nothing, mm -hmm. nothing funds like, like uh, defense. Right. And so mm -hmm. this has turned quantum into a defense yeah. spending among the primary powers, but it also solves a lot of problems, does a lot of other things. So there's, speaking of geeky stuff, there's a quote from uh, one of the Ferengi characters on Deep Space Nine, and it's something Quark? to the effect. Quark, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it might even been might even be one of the rules of acquisition, but it was basically something to the effect of no one ever went broke selling weapons. <laughs> I have that book somewhere on this bookshelf. I have that too. Wrong. That's an awesome book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not wrong. I highly recommend that book. I don't know if it's still they, in print, but. The, the other thing I'd say about quantum, and I bring this up every now and then, we have a, a podcast called Impact Quantum as well. Mm -hmm. We've been doing it about a year and a half, two years, so it sounds like we started around the same time. Wow. But it's interesting spinning around in the corner in all of this is as they run simulations to try and simulate quantum, yeah. all of us, you know, every six months or so, they go, oh, man, we can you know, take this problem that was going to take 100,000 years on traditional hardware. Now we can do it, you know, in a couple months. Yeah, right. and, and they keep finding these uh, optimizations, mm -hmm. I guess. And so it's like, without meaning to be here already, quantum is kind of sneaking in. Yeah, yeah it certainly is. Yeah, and yeah. I think we've just hijacked the uh, the podcast here. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Well, I mean, it's 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 all these things are. So one of my favorite shows of all time, aside from <laughs> D Space Nine, of course, uh, is there was this British television series called I think it was Connections. Yeah, and I think I've it heard was it. The, with. I think it was the, with the guy who's done a bunch of documentaries or it was the guy who played a James Bond villain at one point. I forget. But he they would basically try to connect. Um, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail on that one because I'm totally, totally messed <laughs> 1978 up. TV series, this guy. He had a bunch uh, of James like Burke. Were, that James guy? Burke. You're right. Yes. Um, yes. But he looks like a guy that would play a. Um, he looks like he was also in Game of Thrones. I think can't think <laughs> looks of, like a mad scientist. <laughs> but but like he had a number of shows like from the 70s into the 90s. I don't know if there's any newer ones, but you basically show how the way we learn the way we learn about anything. Right. It's a very siloed. Right. You have English class, you have math class, you, you know, and then you kind of, you know, you, you put your brain on part of your brain on the shelf. But but he kind of shows how one particular one that stuck out was the connection between perfumes and the carburetor. And that's awesome. The the spoiler alert was the the atomizer for the carburetor car, car, oh, carburetor yeah. came oh, yeah. from. Yeah. But there was a whole like connection of people that knew each other who knew each other. Just like today, they didn't have LinkedIn then. But you know, right. you would always have like these second and third connections that you would meet at a at a, a you know at a cocktail party or ballroom dance, depending on the time period. And it was just interesting how these ideas would intermingle. Another story I like that kind of illustrates that is that apparently there's some cafe in Vienna where. Freud would hang out, Einstein would hang out, and so would Vladimir Lenin hang out wow. from time to time. Like, you know, did they did they have conversations with each other? I don't know, but like just the fact that they were in the same coffee shop yeah. around right. the same time opens up the thing of like, you know, like did Freud say to, you know, 
did, 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 did Einstein say to Freud, like, hey, can you pass the sugar? And then Freud said, you know, that's what your mom said or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, like stupid stuff like that, you know, like what, um, you know, um, or, 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 or Lennon would have said, is it really your sugar? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you have to wonder, like these little type of chance encounters, like that, those yeah. are the types of things that the thought of which fascinate me. Yeah, it is impressive how some of the modern day, like you think brilliant inventions and when you unpack them, you're like, it was a lot of little steps and a lot of right. weird connections that happened that brought this thing about. Right. Yeah. And yeah. quantum to me is still mind blowing. I'm I'm working on breaking into conventional systems for now. Gotcha. I'll break into well, quantum I, systems later. Well, yeah, I mean, eventually, I mean, <laughs> anything can be broken, like, you know, and it was um, there was uh, apparently you can watch the movie War Games. And War Games, Games came out at 83. I would have yeah. would have been an impressionable young youth. And I was just fascinated by that that movie. Yeah. And there's a scene in there where he smugly turns to, I guess it would have been Ali Sheedy, like anything could be broken into. Yes. Yes. And like it's like if if nothing has ever been so such a such a, a timeless phrase, you know, like yeah. just just existing is like kind of like a vulnerability. I, I I'm telling you, those movies, uh all right. How many how many of you are Go fans on. of sneakers? Oh yeah. Well that right. was, wasn't yeah that the was Robert a big Redford, plot point. like yeah that, yeah. that was the it, one where I was like okay if there's a job in the real world to do that that's yeah. what I want to do. Um yeah. Social no, engineering, was, right? That was the first time yeah. I saw it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I just loved I just love that movie because it showed like, you know, it's not just the obvious, right? Like the the yeah. thing where the the guy who was blind was playing back a, a tape. Yes. Whistler was playing like the tape. Okay, well, what did the road sound like? And he goes, he described it. He goes, did it sound oh, like this? Yes. I was like, no, a little slower. Oh, my God. And I was like, so you were on that highway. Like, it was just like, <laughs> I, right. but that was one of those moments where you're like, wow, like, holy crap. Like, that sort of thing right. is possible. Like, I, right. Because that's where so... he's listening to like neon signs as they're moving yes. the mic around. And he's like, no, nope, mm -hmm. that's an exit sign. So, and they're like, Dwayne, what? do you want, yeah. do you want to talk about the way you hack a database without actually reading oh any God, of the data? It's so awesome. Based on denials. Have you guys ever heard of blind injection? No. Okay. Blind ejection is the coolest thing ever. So let's say we go to a website and it is, it's black magic. It's like voodoo stuff. You go to a website and let's say in the website, all you can do is you, you have a little drop down and you can change the language of the website and that's it. It's all you can do. Um, no login screen, no, none of that stuff. But in that drop down, you, as a website owner, you keep adding languages. So you add French and you add Spanish and you add whatever, right? So that pulls it out of a database. So what I can do is even though I don't have the ability to inject data, I can stack the query for the language. Um, and then at that point, I have the ability to gauge how quickly the web page comes back. So I can say, okay, give me the language Spanish. And if the first column in the first database uh, is, you know, an A, then pause for a fraction of a second. Um, and it will it will actually the page will pause for a fraction of a second. So you hmm. can pull all the information out of the back end database just by how quickly the page comes back to you, whether it's two milliseconds or five milliseconds or 10 milliseconds that's just insidious. by blindly injecting, which is awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. insidious. <laughs> it's the, very the cool to watch time, happen. The first time I, I heard about SQL injection was actually at a Microsoft like Dev Days thing in New York, and they built this website. I might have been Channel 9, which for our listeners, they know what Channel 9 is, but it was basically like a community site where they would post content. They've yep. since killed it. It's been rebranded. It's, it's been it rebranded to yes. Learn TV or something like that. But yeah. um, it's yeah. not. I was on Channel 9. You were? Were you? They did. Yeah, they did a half. Microsoft flew me out to, and uh, five other hackers flew us out to Vegas to break into a casino. And they did a, a half hour long like uh, breaking into casino. So we did some injection. We broke. It was called the code room. And it was I remember the code room. I got yeah. to I got to see if they've archived that. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. we have to check it out. It's You're like that guy in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> right. I was I'd like to say it's the only time I've ever been walked through a casino in handcuffs. But, you know, whatever. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> another show. We'll have to That's have another you show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, they, they so the same team that built Channel Nine. This would have been early two thousand three, two thousand four. They they mm -hmm. they had they had basically had shown how 
they did this challenge, like who can hack this? And basically somebody had basically said, well, your database sent the email back saying like, you know, hey, this is what your database looks like. And, and everybody at Microsoft was freaking out. And they were mm -hmm. like, and it turns out it was a SQL injection. But when I first heard that, my mind mm -hmm. was blown. Like I never thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so cool. And and the wife did did nix the idea of naming uh, our kid little Bobby Table. Bobby Table. Oh, yeah. I know. Not cool, right? <laughs> Missed opportunities right there. Right. Yeah. Bobby Tables. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you don't know that story, you have to Google it because the car X XKCD cartoon. Yeah. does it. Those matter. are excellent. Brilliant. Oh brilliant. So One of many. Yeah. So this well, is awesome. Cool. So so, what what. So that we've we've talked about OSINT, but there are other disciplines in this. Oh, there's many. There's there's oh red God. team, blue team, uh, pen testing, mm -hmm. um, auditing, yep. auditing, uh, uh, CNA uh, certification credit accreditation. Yeah. Being CISSPs, a good developer. OSCPs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not being a bad developer using. Oh security. my gosh. Well, that's tough. Yeah, well, that's really. Tough. <laughs> true. Oh, Patrick, you froze. Uh, I think we lost him. Froze. We lost him. Oh, dude. So Not while there, while yeah. we're hoping his video comes back, um, I will tell you a joke that because when when my first uh, child, I was think born, I'm back. Yeah, you're, you're back. You are back. So think um, about building a house, mm -hmm. and then afterwards you say, okay, now secure it. You got to replace all the doors. You got to think right, about yeah. windows. Now it's much more expensive when you build anything, whether it's hardware, software or anything. If you start with security in mind, it's much cheaper. And so really security is a job for everybody. Data architects, SQL administrators, sure. you know, network file systems, NAS administrators, everyone. And then there's the ones who are just thinking about security all the time. But we have to make it pervasive. We have to make everybody yeah. think about it. Well, I mean, that's, that's a good, good point. point because there, yeah. there's a, an acquaintance of my wife who does, um, I forget what it's called, but it was basically physical security. He does all mm -hmm. kinds of security. But one of the things that he does is more like the the stuff you would see in movies where they they follow people, they... Yeah, they kind of do the like kind of like the lock the stuff picking that, and the the yeah. lock picking stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There's there's actually a video on uh, it was from might have been from DefCon yep. where you know, like breaking into like 50 places in 50 days or something like that. It was <laughs> wow, wow. but 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 I I was talking to this acquaintance of of, of my wife and no names, uh, but he basically well, that's one of the jobs that he does. He's he's contracted to do that and like he'll get um he'll get some interesting things where he'll I mean, he has. They have some really good stories. This guy, this guy has some oh, really yeah. good stories. So one story was, you know, he's testing out a new data center for someone and they want to test the security. And he's like, okay, he takes a look around outside. He walks in and he goes, uh, you know, and, and the customer says, well, when, when do we start to test? And he goes, has the paperwork been signed? Yeah. He goes, yeah. So he looks at this bulletproof door yeah. and then he, he's got these giant, like, like boots like that's what he always wears these giant boots and he just basically looks around and he goes and the paperwork signed right he talked to his, <laughs> the lawyer who was there he goes yep paperwork signed and he turns to the customer once again he goes are you sure you want to do this and they're like absolutely absolutely we're secure yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll. and then he does and he does this like karate kick and he's a big guy basically knocks down the bulletproof door oh my god Goodness. because the bulletproof door was not on uh, reinforced hinges or, or like you know <laughs> sure but it was just kind of right. like you just and like he, the description that he gives of like the the whoever was the chief security officer's face just the color drained from his face we, yeah. we've done physical security and seen bulletproof systems where they were installed backwards so that oh, no. the people attacking could have taken it out <laughs> oh, 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 oh. you like that because the hinges you have to think about where the hinges are and where the yeah. where the nuts right. so yeah. when you when you disassemble it if the this oh we lost him again, again. oh no sadness <clears throat> i want to know how it ends <laughs> <laughs> so while we wait for him there's a there's a tv show called burn notice which always has burn some notice. oh i love burn notice, <laughs> love we burn notice. It. it's one of my favorite shows yeah. yeah, well, the one where the drug dealer, like, you know, and I love how like, he does, like, the, the voiceover. He goes, you know, this drug dealer, yeah. you know, has a bulletproof Angel. door. Angel. Oh, That's sugar. right. He sugar. 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 Was it was sugar. He lived downstairs from him. <laughs> he shot through and, the door. 
He shot through the door. Oh, the wall, the wall. No, he the says, wall. Yeah. He's like, yeah. But there's not bulletproof drywall. Like the way he says it was awesome. Oh, that was funny. Like it was. Yeah, I highly recommend. It's on. Uh, I forget what service it's on, but I discovered it because it was on Pluto. There was like yes. they, they had a channel that was just burn notice twenty four seven, and then like seven hours later, I was like, oh my god, seven hours. <laughs> it's that good of a show. Uh, uh, so cool. you were talking about the. Um, before you froze up, you were talking about um, the hinges. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I I don't know what's going on with my internet connection. I apologize. No, no worries. You're yeah, probably so... in the middle of a hack. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne is actually hacking. Yeah, I'll let me stop. Hold right? on. I'll doubt it. <laughs> so my password is 54 characters long because he kept telling me what my password was <laughs> in the smarmiest voice possible. How many years would that take to break? Uh, all of them. <laughs> all of them. More years than we all have. <laughs> so I get quantum my... computing uh, yes. comes up to speed. Then we're good. That's Probabilistically. Funny. Yeah. I, was just, I think I was just saying that the, the, you got to make sure you think about where the hinges are and right. which yeah. direction they're facing and stuff like that. Right. It's But it's mistakes. If you look at the news of the day, it's misconfigurations. It's right. social engineering. It's... Um, and it's getting more and more complex. And so we're having a tough time keeping up with the education. And this is why podcasts like yeah. yours and ours are so important. No, absolutely. And, and you're right. Security is everybody's, like everybody's business. Securitythisweek.com. You've got to check that out. And you got the dot .com. Dot .com. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> oh, my God. You need a sock puppet now. We did it. Yeah, we do. Did we did yeah, right? Yeah. Right? Finally. I uh, guess what? You, you were talking about, you were talking about the uh, physical security part. I did a little bit of that back in one yeah. day. And um, well, you were in the military, so you did a lot of it well, back then. Yeah. Yeah. Think about and, it at know, least. The yeah. National Guard stuff. But it was interesting because... Being being in Virginia and working with physical a uh, little bit of physical security here, it was I amped up a notch. Same way mm -hmm. Frank's in Maryland, same way in Maryland. Yeah. If you are in driving distance of important places, mm -hmm. you know that uh, there's no need to give anybody any more ideas. But right. occasionally somebody would do something clever. And yeah. the the gist of the story, kind of the moral of the story was they didn't beat the electronics no they they beat the people yes yep. yeah that happens so that happens you know and it was just it was and it's the same thing with social engineering it's the same yep. thing with with all of this stuff so hopefully i didn't say too much frank you may have to take that out i i don't know but <laughs> yeah, i mean like no i mean i i live now i was being the tomahawk's on its way andy tomahawk's <laughs> on its way, on the way. Right. i um uh-oh we have the uh the watching lies come back on, but um, no, I live up the road on Route 32 from you know, if you know, you know, from places I know, from places, yeah. from places uh, and, and things. In and in and around that that county and the next county, like there's a lot of office buildings that you know just have no signs on them, have mm -hmm. suspiciously high degrees of security, and they don't like when you pull up unannounced. Oh my places. god, no, 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 there's so that. funny. So right next to the where the Microsoft Reston office used to be, there is an unmarked building with a, an a, a high number of security. And my 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 one of my former bosses who drove down from Pittsburgh, his first trip to the Reston office, he missed the turn and he was trying to turn around inside that parking lot. Yeah, no. And yeah, he learned very quickly, like. And I, he and I, and back I, up. Severe tire Not damage. that parking. <laughs> no, well, I mean, law enforcement showed up pretty quickly yeah. within yeah. like oh, 45 wow. seconds. And they're like, what are you doing here? And like, he's like, I'm just, I'm just trying to get the money. Just turn around. <laughs> like, sure you are. So, so 10 years ago, my daughter was moving out of a, 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 a place that she was renting down in Boston, right by the VA hospital. Uh, she was finishing her, her senior year of college. And I had a um, U-Haul truck and I took the U-Haul truck and parked it in the VA parking lot because I'm a veteran, right? And I moved a barrier to do it because I'm a veteran. And I parked it, and then I went and walked through the woods to where her apartment was to talk to her and left my 17-year-old nephew in the car. And the oh, cops God. came, guns drawn. Oof. Like, open the truck, open the truck. Oh, my like, goodness. Okay, and he opened the truck. It was empty. And they're like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, my uncle. And he's like, this better not be here when I come back. I came back and he's like telling me the story. I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. We're leaving now, anyways. And we leave, and the cops coming back, and I'm like, I wave. 
That's funny. Yeah, Patrick. That's pretty awesome. There's a lot of good stories. My first day at Microsoft, not my first day, but my first like uh, speaking gig because I was doing a developer evangelism then was at a nondescript office building in and around the Bethesda area. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I've driven past a hundred times, never noticed it. And then, like, and I was a last minute. Re- I still think to this day it was a hazing thing. Right. <laughs> I was a last minute replacement for somebody else. So my name wasn't on the big list. Yeah. So I show up and I wasn't on the big list. And then the guard right. was looked at, looks at me and was like, well, why don't you go over there? And I'm like, uh oh, I'm like, Aww. so it was just, yeah, like all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, this, this normal suburban looking building, like, you know, armed machine guns meant like it was mm-hmm. just like oh my god oh wow yep. like dogs sniffing around the car like it was it was just oh, yeah. crazy and it was like you know and the guy with the like the heavy machine gun said to me you why don't you just sit in the car and wait for a while i'm like i ain't getting out and so finally they did manage to get in a hold of somebody but it was just kind of like a you know like oh my god yeah yeah I've, so i've well, i've been drawn on at an air force base um, I, we went in to do work uh, and I was working with, uh, I won't mention the military contractor, but military contractor, I wasn't cleared for the particular intelligence systems, but I was helping them do security work. Um, so the contractor had to type and I had to tell her what to type. Mm-hmm. And after two days, she's like, listen, I don't know what you're telling me to type anyways. doesn't matter. Right. Just sit down and type at the computer. I was like, okay. So I'm sitting there typing. After a couple of hours, she leaves. A fully uniformed guy comes in. He's like, what's your clearance for that system? Oh my like, God, I don't have any clearance. Pulls oh, his God. gun. I, like, yeah, pulls his gun. Is like, don't touch the key. Step away from that keyboard. And I was just like, I'm going to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, back up slowly. Oh, no. Yeah. No, that was probably the scariest uh, cyber incident I've ever been in. But, well, ugh. it's interesting because, like, the cybersecurity world, I think, is really an interesting it's interesting space for a lot of reasons, but like it does blend that the the physical and the real, mm. right? The kinetic mm-hmm. and the virtual, as I've heard, um, you know, said. It's 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 fascinating. Yeah. You know, what? like we didn't we didn't get to our questions, and I, I know I'm okay with that. I, I I'm think, a, this was an awesome conversation. <laughs> I, there's I a reason so to come too, back. I know. There right? you go. I love it. I love it. And, and uh, so we will we will ask this because you. Uh, you told us in the virtual green room you didn't want to like you didn't want to be advertising your company and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But we ask everyone where can uh, people learn more about you and feel free to plug your business. Our, our sure. website's pulsarsecurity.com. We're okay. we're in a weird situation because we have very very high end cybersecurity talent. We have several billion dollar customers, and we try to do a lot for community school systems things like that on that a budget. Is so cool. Yeah. But um, we're really not looking for a ton of customers, which is a good place to be. <laughs> right. Uh, so we're mostly promoting the podcast to to say uh, that okay. said, you know, we do try to help people who need it. Um, but we also have to pay a lot of costs for that that high end software. So that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Makes security, sense. security, this week dot com is the podcast. Yep. yep. And so the other we try entangle things. But right. before, uh, oh, and entangle things. OK, entangle cool. things. OK. Uh, so before you go, there's one question I think that everybody who's listening to this is probably asking themselves. If you're not in this in the security field, how does one get started? Like where where yeah. does one get started? Like is, is, is you mentioned like Pluralsight, LinkedIn. There's all yeah, sorts of right. training out there. If if there was this much training when I was a kid, I would be oh way God. smarter than I am now. <laughs> um, you just have to start like going and surveying. I tell people they should start a, a mile wide and an inch deep. They need to learn terminology. Yep. Yep. They need to yep. learn what what is SQL. Well, SQL injection, what's SQL? You have to understand what a database is. You have to understand right. what a file is. You have to understand what, what a, a Red Hat is and what Kali is and what Linux is. You need that basis. And then you can figure out where your niche will be, whether you're going to be an auditor or a hacker or a red teamer or a blue teamer or project manager or whatever. Because it's kind of like saying, oh, I want to be in security or I want to be in technology. It's like saying I want to be in medicine. It's, it's a wide range. You need to just right. start yeah. right. start getting that understanding so that when you listen to a, a podcast or read an article, you understand what they mean when they say deployment or compile. It, right. That's where you start. You start well, with the vocabulary. And I'd say the other thing is reach out to companies. Um, I can't tell you how many times I have people reach out to me and say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm interested in cybersecurity. What should I do? Um, and and we'll do things like I'll I'll have him sign an NDA and bring him on an engagement. Like, see wow. if this is for you before you wow. actually go. And you know, just watch and ask questions and use it as a training limited. event. 
Um, so so it's, it's things like that. I think you'll find, um, you know, companies out there who are just, there's so little people in the cybersecurity space. They're just willing to help and educate and see if this is a field you're interested in. You know, and also uh, we, our summer program, Mm, you know, we have interns that come in with us. Um, we're working with a high school in the area for kids that it's a STEM high school, um, bringing them on and having them do their required hours just to get a feel for what right. it's all about. What it's like. Yeah. Right. That and that, that mystery cool. voice is, uh, is Jill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just for the listeners that you are what? like, who was Somebody that? broke into the podcast. Oh, you're recording. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's hilarious. I didn't realize well, you guys Nothing's safe. <laughs> okay joe we didn't say your last name we're good yeah <laughs> that awesome. well that's that's really interesting to know about the intern program my uh my daughter is headed to virginia tech for computer science and nice. she's looking for i don't know if she'll want to do cybersecurity, but if she does now i know some people yeah there you go yeah, have her reach out because honestly even if she just wants to sit in and watch what a red team engagement looks like like i've had people my son's 19 years old and i okay. got him to intern and look at engagements and he came to me after like a year and he was like hey dad you know what and i was like yeah and he's like i hate this this is not <laughs> yeah this is not for me that's a good thing though right because it it's a great thing yeah, yeah. did he yeah. say because... this or you what Ceasefire targets down. down. Yeah, Tell him like, his 54 character password. That'll get <laughs> it. <laughs> well, this has been an awesome show. I hate to end it, but uh, all it's good things good. must end. But we'll definitely have you back because this this is a field that I think um and there's topics in my head that we didn't come up with, right? You know, the idea of how do you how do you secure data from the source yeah. to to the end, right? Because if you're training right. these AI models, yep. right, like you know, if you, particularly with something like a Kafka stream, like what if you inject bad data in? How do you detect yeah. that? How do you, you know, um, yeah. um, a friend of mine was talking about it. There was some talk of using uh, blockchain technology yeah. to kind of, you know, authenticate data transactions. So that way, when you're learning it, you have kind of a, a trail to it. And obviously that that could probably be another hour episode right there. But uh, oh, yeah. in the interest of time, uh, we'll definitely love to have you back <laughs> and uh, we'll let we'd love uh, to join uh, you. Yeah. So any parting thoughts? Stay in uh, school. Yes, yeah, stay, stay in school. school. Okay, stay in school. Use long and change your password, right? That's yeah. <laughs> and keep listening to this podcast. It's great. That's and, right. And, oh, and the other thanks. ones. Yeah. yeah. Right. Awesome. All right. And I'll let the nice British lady finish the show. And that, dear listeners, brings us to the end of another riveting episode of Data Driven. I hope you've all enjoyed delving into the mysterious world of cybersecurity. I must admit, the idea of advanced persistent threats and hacking can be a bit unnerving. But hey, who needs beauty sleep when you can have nightmares about hackers instead? As we sign off, I'd like to extend a big thank you to our guest speakers who shared their insights and experiences, including that rogue AI of theirs. Remember, folks, hacking might be a dark art, but with great knowledge comes great. Um, well, cybersecurity skills, I suppose. But wait, before we bid adieu, I'd like to remind you all to secure those passwords, enable two-factor authentication, and resist the urge to click on suspicious links. Because, let's face it, no one wants to wake up one morning to find out their bank account has been drained by a hacker named Dwayne.